Hey everybody, welcome to the Designated Drummer Podcast. This is Keach Rainwater. Hope everybody's having a good day or night or afternoon or whatever it may be. Um, I'm going to talk this time about a subject that I get asked a lot of questions about. Um, of course, last last episode, uh, last week I answered some questions. I was not able to get to every single question, but um, there was one question in my mind that stuck out from a friend of mine named Tom Baldrica. And Tom used to be our radio promotions guy at BNA Records when we were with RCA slash BNA. And um, Tom's been a good friend all these years, and um, uh, he, uh, you know, still keeps in touch with us and cheers us on when we do great shows or great things happen. And he's been in touch. And uh, I had reached out to him if he had any questions about drums or drumming, and he had a really good one. And I think I'm going to focus this this episode on this question, and it has to do with coordination. A drummer plays with all, you know, four limbs, basically, and if you happen to sing as well, like Phil Collins, you have all four limbs and you're vocal at the same time. That's That can be a little bit difficult to try and fathom, you know, how you do all that, especially if it's a complicated drum rhythm and there's a lot of separation there. But here's Tom's question. He said, how can you possibly make both hands and both feet play different parts of the drum kit in the same rhythm? And it's kind of a complicated question to answer. Um, with If I was to give a short answer, it would just be through practice. You practice rhythms um, when you're working things up. And as a young drummer, as a young starting out drummer, you would try to uh, experiment with some different things maybe that you heard on the radio or that you wanted to try or, or um, if you're reading out of a book or something like that, you want to try different rhythms. You start out really slowly and you, you kind of build that up. Just like you would work up a dance move or something like that, you start out step by step and pretty soon you develop uh, sort of a muscle memory of that. And you develop these patterns. But I'm going to um, dive into it a little deeper. Uh, I did a little bit of research, and I found an interesting fact that uh, I read about from a medical standpoint, and I thought it was really interesting. And I never knew this before, but it's very, uh, very interesting, and I thought I would share it with you. It says, um, as it has been recorded with an fMRI, which is it's called a functional magnetic resonance imaging. So it's an MRI scan, but functioning. So it's like move, moving like a video of it. Um, and in scientific studies, that drumming stimulates large areas of the brain. There are indications that powerful cognitive activities are occurring, and auditory information is translated with the motor coordination being managed by the brain to carry out a constant metric rhythm. And I thought, wow, that sounds, it sounds like a bunch of medical mumbo jumbo, but I think in there somewhere is basically saying that drummers having to play all four limbs at the same time and do these patterns, there's a lot going on in the brain. There's a lot of activity going on in there. And they've recorded this to be um, very large areas of the brain that are being stimulated at the same time. And it's a very physical thing as well. So mental f- mental activity, physical activity, that kind of thing, and this coordination that you have to pull off can be a little bit disconcerting at times, you know, if you just really think about it. But when you practice these rhythms and you get better and better at them, I think for me personally, they just become 
part of your body. They're just like walking or driving a car or anything like that. It just becomes a, a practiced rhythm that you don't really, you put in the back of your mind, you don't really think about it too much as you're doing it. Um, and also read that uh, by improving your coordination behind the drum kit, you can also improve your physical coordination throughout all other aspects of your life, which includes your ability to multitask and even boost your athletic abilities. So, man, I'm just, you know, I'm finding out that being a drummer uh, can have some really good advantages. I mean, well, I've always said to people that uh, being a drummer is the best job in the world because you get to work out all your aggressions and all your frustrations and things like that by hitting on things for a living. You know, some people do that out of anger. Well, I do it out of because it's my job. And uh, I find that it's, um, yeah, it's just a physical thing that uh, you do. And my gosh, to to get up there on stage and play drums, have a skill for that, you know, that I've worked up oh for years and years and years and decades to be able to play at the level that I'm playing at with a band and all that and playing some of these sometimes it's kind of complicated rhythms um, it's just no greater feeling to do that and to get applauded for that you know uh, people in the crowd standing ovation and standing up applauding you for what you do that you've just done this complicated rhythm thing I, for me there is no better payoff than that you know no better compliment than that and to people that uh, come to our shows and listen and have a good time watching the band. And then some people, I think it's easy to watch a drummer because it's so physical and like a guitar player, you can watch a guitar player play and they strum and they move their fingers, but it's a little bit different than a drummer moving all four limbs at the same time and, and watching them. And I, I think a lot of people have questions like, how do you do that? I had a um, keyboard player ask me one time, the first band I was ever in, the keyboard player asked me, said, how do you play drums and your arms not just completely fall off, you know, like get tired. How do your arms not get tired? And I think my answer to that is, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's what I said at the time. But now uh, years have gone by and I, th- I think I've realized that that it's not in, you're not using your whole arm. It's not like swinging a hammer. Now, if you could, you could only swing a hammer for so long before you're just going to be completely tired. Playing drums is more sort of, I know you've heard this saying before, it's in the wrist. But it really is kind of in the wrist, and when you your feet playing, it's kind of in your calves. Your ca- it's like a you're using all your muscles in your body at the same time and sharing all that duty, and sort of uh, like uh, what's what am I trying to say? Conserving energy where it needs to be conserved and putting power into where it needs it, and that kind of thing. So it's almost like a computer um, letting certain parts of the computer rest while other parts are working. But when you think about it, you know. It can be, you know, it can be it can be pretty tough, but if you know what you're doing and you've practiced these rhythms and it becomes second nature, then it's super easy. And to me, playing drums has always been pretty easy to me because I'm, when I was a kid, uh, just listening to drums and things like that, I just thought it was this. I, I knew I could do it, and I sort of assumed that everybody else could too. But um, finding out much later that. No, not everybody can do that. And even some of the simplest rhythms, um, I remember when I was in school, I was playing trumpet and band. I had not become a drummer yet. I wanted to be a drummer, but I had not was not officially a drummer yet, playing trumpet. And there was some uh, of my other friends that played in the, in the school band were playing the song Honky Tonk Women by the Rolling Stones. 
And that has a rhythm, a drum rhythm that kind of goes boom, bap, boom, bap, boom, boom, bap, boom. So it's kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, kick, snare, kick. It's got that little bit of a syncopated pause in there. It's not just a straight rhythm. It's got a little bit of syncopation to it. And of course, to me, that was just the simplest thing. I just knew I, I, knew I could do that. And they were saying that the drummer that they had, that was actually a drummer at school. He's one of the drummers in the, in the school band did not was not able to play that rhythm he didn't he couldn't do it and i was just appalled at that i thought he's a drummer at school how could he not play that rhythm and i just thought i know i could play that rhythm and um i just thought that was about the easiest thing i could imagine um but uh certain rhythms that were like uh, latin rhythms or sambas or things like that those took a little bit for me just took a little bit more practice and i had to kind of listen to it and work it out and try it real slow and uh things like that but um also um i had uh done some research and found out it says being able to coordinate your movements around the drum set independently doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere you can develop that skill or if you already gained some of that, you can improve it further. And that is spot on. That's exactly what I want to talk about in this podcast. The fact that some people have a natural ability, and I know I had a natural ability of to play drums, to play certain rhythms, and but I didn't I didn't know really how to do some of the complicated ones. I had to work that up. And so I was able to take the rhythms that I did know, perfect them further. And maybe even add a little bit of extra flavor to it, you know, by practicing, practicing it slow. And then just over time experience uh, playing something really simple and adding a little extra something to it. And it made it kind of cool. But sitting down and practicing uh, rhythms and coordination like that, there are things that you can do to if you're starting out as a drummer and you want to improve your coordination, there's things that you can do. Um, So. I mean, you know, even if you're not a drummer, it is possible that you could sit down at a kit, if given enough time and a place to do it, a nice drum kit to sit down and some sticks and a little bit of time and maybe some headphones and a metronome and that kind of thing. I believe that you could definitely learn, even if it was just basic beats or whatever, you could learn how to play drums pretty pretty well, good enough to be in a band of some kind or some kind of group that is playing music, you could supply the rhythm to that. I really believe that you could. Um, the reason I say that is because, think about it, when you when you walk with your left foot, right foot, left foot, you're just walking down the sidewalk, you are creating a rhythm without even knowing it. You're, you're creating a rhythm. And if you listen to footsteps, you're not just randomly going left, right, 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 right, right. You're, you're, you're actually having an an even rhythm in your walking, even if you're not a drummer or you're not a musician, you're not uh, musically inclined, you are creating a rhythm. So given that, I know that a person, a non-drummer, could sit down at a drum kit and develop, over time, develop the ability to play certain rhythms. Maybe not everything, but basic rhythms and enough to to play, let's say, in a band, Um, depending on the songs. If you chose some pretty simple songs, you could do it. I know you could. I've seen it done before. Um, So how to increase your coordination. Okay, one of the ways you can do it is to slow things down, to take things 
one little step at a time. If you want to play kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare, just as if you were walking like your left hand and your right foot, you could do that and just kind of really slow, try to set the metronome to the really slow setting and try and match that metronome and then pretty soon you're going to get so bored with that you're going to have that down then you're going to start adding your right hand into it and adding some hi-hat notes to it and next thing you know you're going to be opening the hi-hat and then it's just going to get further and further and further so as i was saying given enough time you could definitely develop that coordination between your right foot and your left hand which seems kind of weird but it really is that's kind of the emphasis of uh playing a basic drum beat is your right foot and your left hand and then you bring your right hand into it and then after a while you get comfortable you bring your left foot into it to open the hi-hat a little bit very very cool stuff um so yeah start simple the kick maybe just the kick drum and the hi-hat just like do 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 and then if you feel like you want to improve on that a little bit you could actually go do 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 doom like that and just add just just try and experiment further once you've got it down once you feel comfortable playing one thing then you move on to the next thing and you make it a little bit more add a little bit more flavor to it and um so here's another way to look at it i think of it as driving a car if if you drive a standard shift car when you're first learning how to do it Think about it. You know, you're when you first learned how to drive a stick shift, you had to, you had the clutch and you have the gas pedal and you have the brake and you have the gear shift and you have the steering wheel and you have the blinkers and all that stuff is going on. That's all four of your limbs that have to work together doing this stuff. In other words, you don't let go of the steering wheel to shift the gears or to turn the signal. At least I hope you don't. <laughs> You have to control the car. You have to keep steering at the same time that you are shifting the gears, especially if you're downshifting and making a turn at the same time. That takes coordination, right? And non-drummers, I guarantee you, many, many, many non-drummers have learned how to drive a stick shift and succeeded at it very well. So how did you do it? You started out slow, started out on practicing on a straight road, and you just took it easy. And if you got flustered, you could pull over or something. And or if you pop the uh, strip the cl- I mean, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, grind the gears or something like that. You could always. You had to learn by doing it. So I think of that as kind of the same thing. Playing drums, playing the right hand and the left hand and the kick. You you develop these patterns, and you just repeat those over and over and over again. And then adding a fill. I had somebody ask me one time, she said, how do you do fills? Like, how do you figure it? How can you do a drum fill without losing the rhythm, without losing the beat? And, you know, honestly, I have heard some beginner drummers before try to do a fill and they either miss a beat or they don't come out right or uh, they add an extra beat or something like that. I have heard that before. So it does take practice to do fills. That's a whole nother thing, but we're just talking really about coordination right now, but the playing a, a, a normal, simple drum beat and maybe complicating it just a little bit. So yeah, it's kind of like driving a car. Um, even if you drive an automatic and it's not a standard, it's an automatic, you still have coordination. You still have to uh, have the, the gas pedal. You don't just keep the gas pedal at the same 
thing all the time. You're, you're moving it up and down and you're slowing down and you're moving over to the brake as you're steering the car and using your blinkers and your wipers and all that stuff. That's all coordination. So you can develop that playing drums, starting out simple and just, just, um, create patterns in your brain and keep practicing those over and over and adding different patterns. Maybe going to a shuffle feel, uh, after an hour of practicing just the normal straight drum beat, um, maybe the next practice, the next day, you're going to try a shuffle feel. And um, I had read somewhere that what makes a drummer great, like I was looking up what makes a drummer great. And one of the things was the ability to swing, to play, to swing the beat, which for those that aren't drummers know, if you don't know, um, a straight beat is kind of like do do like that. Um, if... Uh, you're, if you add a swing feel to it, it's like like that. It has like a swing feel. And I'm, I'm sure if you've been listening to music as long as I have, you can tell the difference between a song that has a swing feel to it and a song that has a straight feel to it. You can sort of, if you listen, you can pick that out. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So build rhythms in your mind, in your brain. And then pretty soon, it's all muscle memory. So the next day you come back to practice your straight beat again, it's probably going to be a little bit easier than it was the day before. And then the next day, and then the next day, and then you try a new pattern. And the next thing you know, you develop as a drummer, as a new drummer, you've developed maybe six different patterns that you can play on different songs. And when you hear a song, you you automatically go to your catalog of drum uh, patterns in your brain and go, oh, yes, that's that shuffle feel that sounds like this. Do, da, do, do, da, do, like that. And then, like, for instance, um, I'll give you a good example. Um, uh, the um, Heartache Tonight by the Eagles. That's that's the most classic, you know, breakdown, simple uh, shuffle rhythm. It's literally do, 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 and you can feel that in the song that, um, you know, somebody's going to hurt someone that that automatically comes up as a shuffle feel. You know, you just know, and it just has that, um, we call it a dotted eighth note, a dotted quarter note, um, dotted eighth note. Um, that's, that's, a that's that took, 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 took feel to it. So you develop these patterns in your brain and you, pull them out of your Rolodex when it comes time to play a song or figure out what rhythm or what pattern fits a song. And you automatically go to that and you say, Oh yeah, I've worked that one up. I know how to play that rhythm. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> practice simple patterns and then you, uh, you know, <clears throat> increase the difficulty as you go. So one good way to do it would be to start out with a kick drum and just play a straight kick drum beat. Boom. Boom, 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 like that. And then you might, once you get that down and you feel comfortable with that. And another thing I will say about practicing these rhythms is don't, don't play them softly. I mean, don't, don't be uh, scared of it. You know what I mean? Don't, don't like be timid. I mean, play these, play the drums hard, hit, hit that kick drum hard and uh, develop a confidence in your playing that is coming through in your velocity and your power of playing. Use power and purpose. That's the two Ps. Um, 
that is the what makes some of the best drummers great is power and purpose. They play they play hard. They play uh, with confidence and they have purpose. You know, the, everything they play was for a reason. You know, um, so yeah, um, playing. Um, so you know, one of the things that I had learned also that playing drums stimulates activity in the brain in more complex ways than people are aware of. And, and, and I kind of surmised it in my mind as being sort of like, think of it as like a computer doing, running 87 different programs at once. Um, these patterns, they're kind of familiar, you know, you can, um, as you, some patterns sort of cross pollinate a little bit and, um, you can focus on things, you know, once you're playing these patterns and you, you put them together, you can focus on things like dynamics, um, playing certain things uh, softer and harder and uh, as the song needs, you know. But basically your mind is is remembering these patterns and things like that. And so once they're familiar, you can uh, you don't have to really think about them anymore. You're And especially if you sing, if you're a singing, singing drummer like Phil Collins, think of all the things that are going on in his brain at the same time, the patterns, playing with dynamics, um, remembering parts of the song, you know, like this song has a seven, eight time in it. This song has a four bar, uh, Tom thing that I have to do. And he's also singing too. Um, so, you know, trying different accents, things like that. Um, so I had also read somewhere that, um, drummers possess incredible problem solving skills. Because I mean, think about it, learning how to play all those rhythms and stuff and that, that four, uh, limb independence and all that you're basically solving when you work those things up you're solving problems you're solving how to create that rhythm and it says that because of the activity in your brain and things like that um that you are a good problem solver that's really cool i like that and and i i like to think of myself as a problem solver i like to fix things and i like to think about things and how things could be better i look at design elements and things like how if i were to design that thing how would it be better you know um so um things a drummer can do to increase the coordination okay um here's some things i came up with here uh, repetition and practice of course just repeating the same rhythm over and over again until you feel comfortable playing it like don't don't move on from that that pattern until you feel like you've nailed it until you've mastered it okay um, so here's another thing, um, breaking things down into simple sections. So like I said earlier, um, kick drum and hi-hat. Tr- practice that for a while before you add the snare. Make sure you get that down. Don't try to take on too much at one time. Kick, snare, hat, or if it's saving you trouble, just how about just the kick and snare. Whatever you, whatever you feel like you can accomplish and nail that part down, Get that down and get that muscle memory down before you start adding more complicated things like the hi-hat to it. So, um, so yeah, and uh, just don't proceed. The rule of thumb would be don't proceed to the next thing until you at least mastered what it is you were trying to accomplish in whatever part you were working on. Make sure that you master it first and you're confident with it, comfortable with it, before you move on to more complicated things. And then you add the... the Next thing, and then the next level, and the next level, and the next thing you know, you've got a pretty nice rhythm going on, but only through mastering each part of it. Um, and, you know, basically keep it up until it's polished, until it sounds polished and not clumsy. You don't want it to sound clunky. 
you want it to sound like you kind of know what you're doing. That's very important because if you develop clunky rhythms, they're just that's just exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be clunky rhythms. Um, you want to develop polished rhythms. You want to have it sound really amazing. Um, and the only way to do that is through practice. So one good way is to use a click or a metronome. Learn how to program learn what beats per minute are, you know, like learn kind of a basic language of beats per minute. Um, our song amazed is 70 beats per minute. So when I think of a ballad or a slow song or something like that, I think of it as in the 60 to 70 beats per minute range. When I think of, uh, a cool, uh, funky rhythm, like, um, staying alive by the Bee Gees, they use that a lot in, um, CPR. I took a CPR class one time and they said, uh, if you think of the song "Staying Alive," because that's what you're doing—you're helping somebody stay alive, right? When you're doing CPR, and that um, that rhythm, that 100 beats per minute, do 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 do, and that's the rhythm you're supposed to use for when you use CPR. When you're um, tapping the chest and pushing on the chest, you're you're supposed to use that rhythm, 100 beats per minute. So I think between 90 and 100 beats per minute is kind of a slow, kind of a funky thing. Anything above that, you're thinking either sort of mid-tempo or or up up toward kind of a faster tempo. Anything higher than 100 and, say, 60 beats per minute, then that's that's kind of like almost double time. You know, that's like, you know, that's um, super quick rhythms and things. So just to get a basic language of beats per minute would be smart. Um and experiment with some different rhythms with your metronome. Try to play along with the metronome, and I think you'll um, you'll definitely you know you'll definitely have uh, develop a, a even skill about playing evenly and playing with good time because that's all about being a drummer is all about making good time. Um, you don't want to keep speeding up and speeding up and speeding up, and it can definitely happen. I have done that in my career many times where we would have a song that we worked up and I would, because I would want the energy to be there. I would, this was before click track and all that stuff. When you would just learn the song and you work it up from whatever reference your, you know, song you're listening to a record or a tape or something, you would work up the song and you do it night after night in a band. And then after about three or four months, you go back and listen to the original. And it's like, Oh my God, how did we get so fast on this? How's it sped up so much? And um, so keeping it consistent is important. Using a metronome certainly helps with that. Um, you know, one of the other things I kind of uh, realized as I was talking about all this is one difference you can tell between an amateur drummer or a beginner drummer and a pro drummer is the ability to make the drum kit sound like one thing, sort of sound like a, um, like a well-oiled machine, like one thing. You're not listening so much to each individual part of it. It's kind of you're trying to make it flow like like one like a well-oiled machine. And that's one thing I notice between drummers that are kind of new and they haven't they don't have that that much experience playing is they sort of they just they sound you can hear the different parts of the drum kit and they sound almost like not one full thing. They're sort of apart just a little bit. A really good drummer can make that kit sound like it's just one thing, like like it's all pulled together. And a lot of times when I play, especially in the studio, I am conscious of that. I try to actually, once I get the pattern down and the feel and I know where I am in the song, 
and I know what I'm going to play, I try to think about making the kit sound like one smooth machine, like like one instrument, like the the kick and the snare are together. They're talking to each other. They're they're tight. Um, you know, um, yeah, sounding smooth and flawless, and just making the kit sound like one smooth machine. That's that's really important. And um, you know, like I said earlier, don't be afraid to play uh, the drum kit with some power. Um, when you play with power. It's a feel thing, you know, like um, the band feels it, the audience feels it. You can always tell when a drummer is sort of reluctant or pulling back. Um, now, if it is a song that requires you to play softly, a little jazz song or something like that, that's totally understandable. I'm just talking mainly about in country music and rock music where the drums are in your face kind of thing and you have to drive that band. There's, man, there's just nothing better feeling than a a great drummer playing a nice, even groove that the band can fall into. And I think that's why they call it a groove. You know, it's like um, it's like a ditch that a ball rolls down into and it stays down in there. And I think of the a drum groove as being the same. It's a, it's a ditch that you, it's a groove that you carve that the rest of the band can fall down into and stay into that groove. And you're, you, as the drummer, are supplying that. And the only way... You can create that is through practice and learning patterns and being able to hold that pattern down in a song that requires that type of rhythm. And uh, yeah, just um, keep be consistent with it and and uh, play what's called a um, a pocket. And in some cases, they um, are referred to as deep pocket. So a pocket is so first you have a groove. And then you have a pocket that that's that that feel that that um, that groove that the groove is the 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 feel that you're creating. The pocket is way down. You're holding it down. You're not speeding up. You're not slowing down. You're just right there in the pocket. And a deep pocket is where you hold that feeling, that feeling in that that groove and that pocket. You hold that for a a long extended period of time for what would seem like a solo or a, a break, a breakdown part, or anything like that, where you're just holding that part. And you're, it's more of a feel thing. You're not giving the audience, your listener, uh, a lot to listen to. So if you change it up, their brain is going to recognize something, that something changed. And what you don't want to, if, I'm just saying for supplying the deep pocket feeling, you don't want to change anything. You want it to keep the same. Um, so to supply that pocket, that groove pocket, and then deep pocket, you don't change anything. You keep that groove going. And sometimes the bass player will stay in that groove with you in that pocket. And that allows the guitar player or singer or whoever else to do what they do melodically. And all the attention would, would go to what they're doing, you know, so you're supplying, you're serving the song in a way that you are evenly supplying a rhythm that is pleasing and it feels good and the band can fall into it and stay in there there's no better feeling than that so there are a few uh, places you can go to learn uh, to kind of develop your coordination a little bit Um, one of the ones I found is a really really great YouTube channel his name is Rob Brown and he has a video that's entitled Three Cool Exercises to Do If Your Coordination Sucks. 
beginner slash intermediate. And I think that's about the best one I've found for uh, just general coordination exercises, things that you can work on to increase your coordination. If you have a drum kit and you have a computer, you can sit down there, put the headphones on, and you can kind of stop and rewind and kind of go back and, and practice some of these things. And I think if you watch his YouTube video on the, on this three cool exercises to do if your coordination sucks, um, if you go back and you watch all these, I think, I really believe that if you if you practice what he's saying with your feet and your hands and and count the things that he the exercises that he has i guarantee you you'll be a much more coordinated drummer and you'll you'll get the feeling um that you're improving you can't help but not improve through practice and through especially when you have help you know like rob brown coming in and telling you how uh you you know can use your feet you start with your feet and then you do your hands and stuff like that. And he's kind of got it broken down into really simple ways to, to, uh, improve your coordination. And well, I hope that this podcast has helped you a little bit. Um, if you're a beginner drummer or if you're just curious about drummers and why, why they seem to be able to be so coordinated like that. Um, I hope this shedded some shed. I hope this has shedded shedded light. I don't know if that said that right. Um, I hope this sheds light on that subject, and I hope that uh, you've learned a little bit. And um, of course, I always learn so much when I do these podcasts and when I do my research and things like that. I find out things I never knew, uh, but um, but it definitely I find out things that confirm things that I do know and uh, techniques that I have learned and that have made me a better drummer. Um, and it just solidifies that, and uh, I think it can make you a better drummer too if that's what you are looking to do, to play drums better and to be uh, more coordinated. And even if you're not a drummer, but you can uh, like go to a music store or something where there's drum set up, try it sometime. Just get on the drum kit and try playing a straight beat, something that you've heard, and just bang around on those drums, and if they'll let you, you know, usually they will. And just uh, you'll see what I mean about how uh, practice and repetition and learning these patterns can make you a better drummer for sure. And then, like I said, the two P's, power and purpose. If you add those into your playing, you, you do your due diligence and practice and learn the patterns and uh, rehearse with a band, let's say. If you put a band together and rehearse until everything's all nice and polished, there is no better feeling in the world than getting up there in front of people and performing and being the drummer in a band and having that great feeling of accomplishment that you've played this perfect song and that you've um, had a great time doing it. And hopefully everybody else has had a good time. And uh, you, you just keep doing that. And uh, hopefully you'll have a happy of a life as I've had through the years playing drums professionally. And even if you're not playing professionally, I think it's still a good physical way to improve your brain cognitive uh, skills and your coordination and even a little bit of physical exercise. Um, It's all good. Um, So I hope you join me next time on Designated Drummer. This has been Keach Rainwater. We'll talk to you soon.